Welcome to the Happiest Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Robertson. And yes, you heard right, happy-ish. Because this podcast is not about chasing the fairy tale. We've seen behind the curtain and most of us are ready to hop off the hamster wheel of perfection. If you've ever wondered, how'd I end up in this life? How can I change it? What do I want from life? Is there more? Then this podcast is for you. The fairy tale may not be real. That's the good news. Because life is an amazing adventure and it's time for you to pick up the pen and write your own story. So let's get started and see where this journey takes us. Oh my goodness, everyone, you are in for a treat today. I can hardly wait for you to get to hear all about Kyla. She sent me this quick little bio because I'm like, what can I say? There's so much to say. Just send me a few sentences. And I love this because I didn't realize she'd actually spent 15 years working as a personal trainer. So I guess she started when she was like 10. Because seriously, if you saw some video, you would say, how is this woman over 25? She competed for over a decade in fitness competitions and had five international fitness magazine covers. Hello, this is me bowing. You are a goddess. And she truly is, but just knows how it all works. Like she's seen both ends of the spectrum because then she transitioned into yoga and moved further and further away from the fitness industry. And here's what this podcast is all about. Just because you have a gift and you excel in one area, if it is not where your heart is, don't stay there. And Kyla embodies that. She moved away from the fitness industry and has actually pretty much completely retired from personal training. And now she's really just found herself in this whole new world where she facilitates embodied healing work through somatic exploration and conscious connected breath work. I feel so honored to have you join me today, Kyla. Thank you for coming. I love you. Thank you for having me. You're so sweet. But it's all true. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so, you know, the thing is, people will go, okay, five international fitness covers. And you're from this, like, s- smallish town. I mean, oh, yeah. like, what are we? Quarter of a million, 300,000 people on an island off the West Coast of Canada. It's not like you're in New York. It's not like you're in some place where it's like the hub of... So that's a lot of work. And yet you've turned away from that into more holistic health body work. Yeah. Why? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a good question. I started working in fitness when I was, I started teaching aerobics when I was 18. So think step class, maybe 2000. And I really wanted to work with people. I knew I wanted to work with people. And so I started right away and was full-time personal training by the time I was 22, maybe, and hooked up with a sports supplement company, Canadian-based sports supplement company. They were fantastic. They elevated my career. I was at all of these big fitness expos through the US and connecting with photographers and connecting with magazines and connecting with people. And I started writing for magazines and through really what felt like luck ended up meeting the right people. That really is always what it's all about. I remember being probably 18 or 19, maybe a little bit younger and thinking, God, I want to be on the cover of that magazine. You know, I was probably reading Oxygen Magazine, which was really popular back then and thinking, oh, these women are just the epitome of health and beauty. 
And I want to be that. Not believing that I ever would, to be honest with you. Not ever thinking that I could. Anyways, lo and behold, I got my first cover when I was 28, 29. And um, I was boarding a plane to Miami. And I got a message from the photographer. And he was like, congratulations. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And then my best friend moments later texted me a picture that was on, I don't know, Instagram. And that I was tagged in that I hadn't seen yet. And that was the first one. And I was over the moon giddy. And then over the next couple of years, yeah, there was four more. And and it was exciting. And then it wasn't. It's like the excitement fizzled really quickly, which was a good indication for me that that actually isn't what I'm here for. That wasn't, that wasn't my purpose. That wasn't my goal. It might have been 10 years prior, but it wasn't. And what I found with the fitness industry is that the pressure to look a certain way at all times, the pressure to behave a certain way at all times, the pressure to just, oh gosh, just the pressure was so heavy and it didn't feel like it was lighting me up. I felt like it was weighing me down. And I will say men and women, but I can speak as a woman. We already have a lot of pressure to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain way. And then having it be my job and then having all of these eyes on me, it felt like too much. And it felt like my being wasn't being seen. My heart wasn't being seen. My good deeds weren't being seen, but my body was. And I was standing on stage in competitions being judged solely, solely on what I look like and not how I showed up in life. And it started to become very present that that didn't feel right for me. That wasn't, it was not aligned with with what I knew I was here to do. I didn't know what I was here to do at the time. I really did think it was working with people in their fitness. And it wasn't until years later that I was offered the opportunity to transition out of fitness, which is where I am now. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But as glamorous and exciting as the life of fitness and competing and photo shoots and traveling sounded, it was draining my soul, (laughs) to be really honest with you. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's so relatable though. Yeah. That is so many people's experience. Yeah. They are heading in a direction mm-hmm. and they think, but you were so good at it, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. were, you were successful from anybody from the outside is going to look at you and say, mm-hmm. but wow, this mm-hmm. is success. Mm-hmm. But what I think is everything's pressure. Okay. Everything that we do is pressure, but sometimes you can have pressure. And like you said, it wasn't lighting you up. Mm -hmm. Some pressure can feel heavy Mm -hmm. and that feels out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you feel the pressure of, oh, I've got to get something out at a certain time. I've got to do something. I've, I've got a deadline, but you're also sort of excited about that. And it, Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that excitement wasn't there anymore. It wasn't. Knowing you a bit, mm-hmm. I absolutely can see why that just didn't align with you anymore because I really met you at the end of that fitness journey. And mm-hmm. so me knowing you has always been in this next stage of your journey, which is right. constantly evolving as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I can imagine where you're going to be in 20 years from now. I have no idea. <laughs> Because we've known each other for maybe five years. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yep. And looking at all of the evolution that's happened so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how hard was it to leave that? Did you feel like it was a hard choice or did you feel like things just kind of lined up that it was an easier transition? Because sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. You know what? It was a really natural transition and it was COVID. It was the first lockdown that actually kicked me out of my job. 
it was so at that point I was I was teaching yoga almost as much as I was teaching fitness. So that was the first window into what it could feel like. And so I remember the difference in energy that I felt finishing say a boot camp class, which was fun. And I had beautiful, amazing clients and we had a riot every time we got together. But the energy finishing a fitness class or a personal training client versus the energy I felt when I was bringing people out of Shavasana, when they're just so connected to their being and they're at peace for maybe the first time that whole week, that I was like, oh my God, this is it. And so I was already 50-50 in that world, knowing that I want to move more into yoga. And at that point I was facilitating um, yoga retreats in Bali. And we had a couple lined up for Greece. I knew that that's where I wanted things to shift was, okay, I want to move into yoga and more holistic wellness. Before the world shut down, I had dipped my toes into breath work, but that was also a clear full body yes. And so I just didn't know how or what it looked like to transition, but I know that that felt more aligned than the fitness. And then when the gyms closed down, you know, my clients and I took a little break. So we thought it would be two weeks. And about two months later, I kept getting messages from my clients. Hey, can we do some online fitness? And so I tried the online classes for a while and people got pretty sick of it quickly. And then there was about six months of like, okay, we're allowed in person. No, we're not. We're allowed in person. No, we're not. And so I'd say September, October, I was in my mind like, okay, this needs to be your exit. And this needs to be the last year that you do this. Come end of December, we're over. This is done. So I drafted an email to all of my clients and I sent it early December. And I just shared so much love and gratitude for the years. Like we're talking, I spent like 15 years with some of these people. And I just said, come January 1st, we're done. (laughs) And I love you. And it's done. And there was so much support in that. So much. Anyone who knows me, that's the thing. It wasn't a surprise to them. Mm -hmm. Like, was I good at personal training? Yeah, I was. And I had beautiful relationships with my client. And because of that, they knew that I was moving on to the next thing. And so it was a really easy, unexpected, very welcome transition for me. And January 1st, I was just a different different being. It was just new door, new world. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, to be honest with you. I knew I wasn't personal training. That just wasn't me anymore. You have such a beautiful way of approaching things. Mm. I was wondering how would that email have gone over? But of course, Mm. you've always been very open hearted. And I expect that the relationship that you had was maybe non-traditional, we might say, relationship with the clients because you've always been very body positive, holistic in your approaches to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've interacted with you more seeing the yoga side of things, mm-hmm. being aware that you had the personal training. Um, I also saw some of the training opportunities and I think they were a gift to the world mm-hmm. because you were showing like things that you can use at home. What can you do in your driveway? You know, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also saw more shifting happening to the yoga. Mm-hmm. And then when you came into breath work, and mm-hmm. that's really where I would love to go because this is one of those tools that I felt like, well, I trust Kyla. And Kyla is telling me this is an amazing tool to add mm-hmm. to your toolkit of self care. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for one of your complimentary evening occasionally, like I think it was once a month and Mm -hmm. I signed up for a zoom and I was amazed because like, if we aren't zoomed out at Mm -hmm. this point, right. But I was so amazed at how 
easy it was to do and how grounded I felt being able to set up in my own space Mm -hmm. and be able to participate in one of your breathwork sessions. Mm -hmm. So then I want to do one of your day away retreats. Mm -hmm. And you were sold out locally. So I went up island. Mm -hmm. And that was another experience that was just so powerful. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same journey, but at the same time, for a lot of people. Okay, I'm a fitness person and that means that this is the world that I live in and these are the expectations and shifting out of those expectations can be difficult. But you I feel like you've always followed this thread that is true to who you are. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to share how did you start with breathwork? What have you found it has given you? Mm-hmm. And tell us what you've seen with your clients because I know from my personal experience it was life-changing. Yeah. It was so immensely centering and calming in this time of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I really, I was like right away, I was like, Kyla, when are we going to get you on the podcast? Yeah. Because this is a tool that so many people can use in their home that they can do. And it's so self-nourishing and you don't need special weights. You don't need Mm -hmm. special mats. You don't need anything because breathing is what we do. It is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Gosh, how did I find breath work? It found me. How cliche is that? Yeah. My acupuncturist kept inviting me to these breath work sessions that she was hosting. And in my mind, having never heard of it, I assumed yogic breath. And as a yoga teacher, I was like, I already know how to do that. I do it all the time. And so I didn't prioritize it. And then, and then there was this night that it just happened to work. And so I attended her class. And <laughs> as you say, my life changed. It was so powerful for me. I was connecting into deep layers of myself that I didn't know I hadn't been connecting with. There was a lot of emotion. There was a connection to my voice in a way that I'll just tell this really quickly because it is a very powerful for me anyways. Within the breathwork, there's maybe 12 of us in this in the room. And she had us using our voice. We call it toning, which is really just like, ah, uh, she had the whole group doing this for probably two minutes. And so we're deep in the breathwork and I open my mouth to make this sound and nothing comes out. And I begin to get really frustrated that I'm unable to make sound. I felt embarrassed to make the sound in public. I felt embarrassed. I felt really frustrated that nothing was coming out. My lip was trembling. My jaw was quivering. I was so pissed. And then I started to spiral into this. How long has my voice been blocked? How long have I been hiding my voice? And then it went into, holy shit, how long have the women in my family been holding their voice back? And then how long have the women in this world been holding our voice back. And it was this deep ancestral, like, I'm going to fight this. And then right at the very end, this little squeak came out. And then it was waterworks. It was like game over. I'd found my voice. I had, I had fought, 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 fought until I allowed it to come through. And it felt like I had healed thousands of years back. And that was a moment for me of deep self-empowerment and of awareness that there is just so much more than this 3D world we live in, this superficial world. And I knew also that all I needed was inside. Everything that I needed to nourish and heal myself was inside. And I just needed to trust myself to tap in. And so that changed me. And I left that session asking her who her teacher was and how I can 
learn because this is what I want to do. I said, I want everybody to experience what I just experienced. And I left. I reached out to her teacher who's based in Calgary. His name is Trevor Yalek. He's incredible. His school is new mathematics, which I feel like it's important to share. And I began studying with him immediately. And that was 2019. And I've continued to study with him. I was in a workshop with him this weekend. It's essentially my full-time job. It's facilitating breath and embodiment and healing. And it, it has just allowed me to tap into parts of myself that I didn't know existed. It's allowed me to heal not only aspects of my personal life that I've experienced, inner child work, but also I've tapped into ancestral work. I have tapped into stuff that I did not know was there. Anger, rage toward the masculine energies, love towards the masculine, but also like work through some rage that I didn't know I had. Oh God. And I've witnessed in my clients such deep opening. I had a woman last week in a session We breathe together about once a month. She comes to usually one to two a month sessions with me in person. And she reached out to me the morning after our last session. And she said, I worked through something last night that I've been holding on to since I was a child. And she's probably in her early 40s. And I'm taking steps to heal it today. she, She was from East Coast. And there was particular people that have just been a source of hurt for her since she was a young girl. And she said, last night, I cleared it. I felt it. I cleared it. And I'm going to call them today. And I'm going to clear it with them. And she did. And it was just through her own breath. Like, it's big. It's big stuff. And you're right. We we, we breathe. That's just what we do. So the potency in our breath is vast. And it's just right there. All we need to do is trust it. And to tap in and surrender to it. It's such powerful medicine. And had you spoken to me five years ago, I would have, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Tatiana, mm -hmm, the breath, gotcha. It's one of those things, like if you don't experience it, you don't understand it. It's big stuff. It's so healing. You and me both five years ago, Mm -hmm. five years ago, if you said this to me, I would have been like, yeah. And I've actually had this really weird relationship with breath, which (laughs) I mean, some people will be like, really? But you know, in some modalities, there's a correct way to breathe and an incorrect. And and that always got under my skin, Mm -hmm. being told that there was a correct way to breathe and that somehow I had been incorrectly breathing for my whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. And in some modalities, yeah. And something that came very natural to me was when I started adopting, like the yogic, like the the ujjayi breath. Yeah. What's really funny was that after I'd started that snowboarding, mm. I do it all the time when I snowboard now. Yes. Every time, every run, I can't. It's it's subconscious yeah. because it's how my body's rhythm wants to function. Yeah. It's an expression of the joy mm. of being outside on my board, just all of that. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that you did breath work. And quite honestly, if it had been anyone else, I probably wouldn't have. It's because I know you, I trust you, I value what you bring. Mm -hmm. I have a sense of who you are. And I find it something very attractive, not in the physical sense, Mm -hmm. but I'm drawn to the energy of who you are. Mm. And I think that's what you do for so many people. Mm. And so when you said, well, I'm doing this, I remember I kept saying, oh, I'll do it this time. And then I didn't. And then, oh, this. And then when I did, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And one of the things that I love is that 
even though there is a technique to it, the journey is unique. Mm -hmm. I would say it in some ways, for me, it's similar to the process of a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is I like unguided, I'm still all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Can you be a hot mess at meditation? Because if you Mm -hmm. can be, I'm like Mm -hmm. the queen of hot mess of meditation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to create a whole subcategory. Oh my God. All the hot messes over here. (laughs) But breath work, the way that you took me through, I thought, how am I going to breathe for like 20 or 30 minutes? Like, really? It's breathing. Mm -hmm. But it was very powerful. And then hearing other people's experience, and you don't force anybody to share. Yeah. But hearing other people's experience of what they went through. And you're like, we were all on the same journey together in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're, we've all decided we're all going to get into Kyla's car on the train yeah. and the trains going at the same speed in some ways, because mm-hmm. we have the same guide. Mm-hmm. But the truth is we're all having an individual experience. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I was painfully cold. Yeah. I still haven't figured out what that's about because when we were in person, I had all my blankets knowing from my previous that I was cold, had all my blankets and I was right mm-hmm. beside the wood stove. And again, mm-hmm. so cold that I could mm-hmm. barely touch the floor. Like I kept trying to arch mm-hmm. myself up Yeah, and other people on the other side of the room were feeling heat and mm-hmm. where, you know, your body goes through a physical response and I think that if you told me five years ago, you know, you'll, you'll have all of these experiences, I wouldn't be able to comprehend or turn myself over to the experience enough to allow my body to go through whatever process it was going to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you started talking about how your first experience with that and feeling that primal, I mean, I just started like welling up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to mute my thing while I'm getting all sniffly here because I related to that immediately. Mm. Yeah, That feeling of being able to turn yourself over to your breathwork guide and then just allow whatever it is there. Yeah. Because that's what guides us for so much of our life is the stuff that's hidden away in our subconscious. And people might think that sounds flaky. But science has actually demonstrated how our DNA can be affected by stress that can come through generational trauma. We know this to be fact. If facts to you are based on scientific experiments and things done under a microscope, we know for fact that these things happen within our body. And yet it feels like, you mean I, I can release it through breath work? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. And think about too, like you want to talk about the potency and the power of breath. What's the one thing a woman who's laboring and birthing focuses on? Her breath. Yeah. That's what's getting her through this. Her freaking breath. Yeah. My midwives, they were like breath work, the original breath work. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had long labors. There was a lot of breathing. (laughs) And you did it. You did it. And I did it. Mm-hmm. Kudos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like such a simple thing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's nothing simple about it. Mm-hmm. And it's different all the time. You talk about how, yeah, in a room full of 10 people being led by the same facilitator, listening to the same music, all having wildly different experiences. 
And I don't know how many breath sessions I've had, but let's say, let's just say a hundred, let's say I've breathed a hundred times. I have had a hundred different experiences. Mm. I breathed on Sunday. I had a, a 60 minute breath session and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I was mourning the grief and the loss of a parental figure and just deep, ugly, snotty cries. And, you know, I've had sessions where I'm laughing and singing in this voice that isn't mine. It's a spiritual practice and it just is never the same. And what comes through in a breath session is exactly what's supposed to come through for you. If you sleep the whole time, you needed rest. If you kick and scream and punch pillows, you you needed to release. It's exactly, exactly right for you in that moment. And it's always different. Mm. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who has never done breath work? I would say if they were curious about it, there's two different, right? Someone who's never done breath work and has no intention of doing breath work. I wouldn't try to convince them. I would, because you come to it when you're ready as with everything. Yeah. Someone who has never done breath work and is curious about it. I would first invite them just to get familiar with their breath as it is in this moment. And so I would just have them sitting, have them closing their eyes. And just noticing in that moment, where do they feel their breath? Maybe it's the nostrils. Maybe it's up in the heart, upper chest. Maybe they feel their belly moving. And then staying with that for a little bit, I would invite them to see how it feels to invite the breath first into the belly and then up into their heart and allow that to be one breath. So your inhale would sort of be sliced in half. So like a... And just to sit with that and play with that and see how that feels. You know, there's so many different types of breath work. I, maybe I should also say that the type that I practice and facilitate is conscious, connected breathing. I would suggest that they reach out to someone who can guide them just to hold them energetically in a good space because a lot can come up physically, emotionally. And so it's nice to have someone to support them. But the intention with this breath is really for me is to feel, is to trust yourself, to trust the wisdom in your breath, the wisdom of your body, the wisdom of your spirit, and and really trust that what's coming up is safe and okay for you. And so building a relationship, a familiarity with your body, with your responses, your physical responses to what comes through and knowing that you're safe, knowing that your body will only bring forward what you can handle. And so I would invite them to not be afraid to offer themselves compassion but to reach out to someone who, who can hold them in a good way. And really just to start by noticing the belly and the chest and the belly and the chest and the belly and the chest and practice breathing that in through the mouth. And just play around with that. And honestly, even just a couple of minutes sitting in your chair, Breathing in through the mouth, into the belly and into the heart, letting the exhale fall away. Just a few minutes, you're going to notice shift. You might feel a bit lightheaded. You might feel energy moving through your body. You might feel emotional. You might feel joyous. You might feel sad. And just to witness what comes up for you when you begin to slow down and connect to the essence of your being, which is your breath. Mm. That's a wonderful first practice. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just to try that. Cause I, I couldn't help as you were speaking, but start to like pay attention to how I was breathing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. then actually made me start to go, okay, am I breathing loudly? Am I not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all of these things, because 
we're bringing conscious, like we're being aware. Yes. And so often we aren't aware. Like you think of when you're frightened, when you're shocked, when you're angry, when you're ecstatic and happy and surprised, our rhythm and our breath actually changes mm -hmm. and we don't notice. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You said that what you practice is conscious, connected breath work. Mm -hmm. What is that and how is it different from other forms of breath work? Mm -hmm. So conscious connected breath work, I'll demonstrate it a little bit, but it practiced predominantly through the mouth. Now there's there are reasons where you would maybe breathe through the nose. So if you, if you have any respiratory issues, or if you're highly activated, and you just need to really nourish yourself and slow down, you can breathe through the nose predominantly is done through the mouth and conscious connected. So the inhales and the exhales are connected in a bit of a circular motion. So what we're doing is we're actually removing the pauses. So we think yogic breath, we think that deep inhale, four seconds in, seven second hold, eight second release, that really controlled timed breath is very important and useful. But we're doing the opposite. We're trying to release the control of the breath and we're flowing one breath into the other. So what it might sound like for someone is... <sighs> And the visualization that I really love is a jellyfish. We think about how a jellyfish expands and retracts and expands and retracts. Notice when it retracts, it never fully empties. It doesn't close up. It doesn't empty. It leaves a little bit and then it fills. And it's this beautiful, soft, like edgeless flow. And it's continuous. It's connected. And so that's the rhythm that we're working towards in the conscious connected breath. And so it differs, again, like the intention is to release the control. So in your first few practices, there's a lot of overthinking of like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? That's our human primal animal brain. The more practice you have, the more you kind of release that and you really, your body just knows what to do. If you step out of the way, if you release the grip of control, your body knows exactly what to do. And it's, and as we do that. And as we step out of control, and as we move into the place of trust and surrender of our breath, we step into the layers of subconscious, we step into the layers that we've stuffed away and pushed down and forgotten and blacklisted, because we didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know that it was safe, or it didn't feel safe. It obviously mm. didn't feel safe. And that's why we've suppressed it. And so we get to step out of the way and allow the body and the breath to just process it out itself. We think of wild animals when they come into trauma. Think of it, even your dog, like how often do animals shake, right? They shake as soon as there's a stressful situation. They shake all the time. And if you think of like two mountain goats ramming and fighting and fighting, and then when they're done, oh, they shake it off, away they go. They've shaken that energy out of their system. They're not holding it. Humans hold it. Mm. We lock it up right? Think of how you would respond if you witnessed an accident. <gasps> yeah, You would just like freeze up and we hold it. So the stepping into that subconscious layer allows us to kind of shake that out. We don't have to hold that anymore. We don't have to hold it. And so the conscious connected breath allows us to unpack the pieces that we've been holding on to that just don't serve us anymore at all. One of the things that really is first, I'm very visual. And so the way that you've described it, mm -hmm. I can envision that happening. 
And more and more information is coming out every day mm -hmm. about how our body, I think there's actually a book called Our Body Keeps Score, something like that. Sure and is. it's about how when these things that happen, even if they don't happen directly to us, but we are witness to, think of what we're seeing right now on the news, mm -hmm. really traumatic stuff that's happening over Absolutely. in the Ukraine right Absolutely. now and heartbreaking. And I can feel myself right now starting to tear up just thinking about the reports and then to carry on this conversation what am i doing okay i'm not going to deal with that right now i'm gonna put it down exactly but when am i ever going to let that go mm -hmm. when am i not going to be busy right now i'm recording a podcast yep. i can't break down and sob for those families for those children right now so i have to push it down yep even though I can feel it a little bit in my voice, yeah. but it's got to go because yeah. I've got to deal with it later. But how many laters mm -hmm. never come? Exactly. And so when you're describing this, I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't have the option of shaking. And so to dedicate a little bit of time mm -hmm. to be able to release it yeah. because it's in me already. It's already in the neural pathways, it's already become part of the brain. It's already felt through the body yeah. to be able to dedicate some time. It's a gift to myself to finally allow myself to release this. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of how this breathwork practice sort of mm -hmm. came into being? Yeah. To be very fair, this breath practice has quite likely been around for like thousands of years, let's be honest. Yeah. It was welcomed back into modern practice in the late 60s, early 70s by a German doctor named Stan Groff. And he was working with PTSD war vet patients, primarily using LSD and having great success and healing their traumas. And what he witnessed in his patients is that they all would just move into this breath pattern without him guiding it. But they just all moved into this pattern of breathing as they were moving through their sessions. And then LSD became illegal and he needed to find an alternative form of therapy because he was having such great success. And so he, through trial and error, then went, I wonder if I could just use that breath. I wonder if I could get them into that breath. And sure enough, he was able to use that breath pattern and have just as powerful results. So he coined the term holotropic breath. So some people might be familiar with that term. And they were traditionally three-hour breath sessions, three hours of active breath and of releasing and healing. I think of holotropic as kind of an umbrella term. And then from that, similar to yoga, you know, there's so many different lineages and different practices and people tweak it a little bit. And so conscious connected breath work is essentially holotropic breath. I've never facilitated a three-hour, but I facilitate a one-hour. And it, you know, for the last, how long is that now? 50 years, almost 60 years. It's been a really useful tool all around the world. Yeah, continues to be and hopefully will continue to be as time moves on. It's interesting. And yes, I'm, I'm sure that you are correct, that it's probably been a practice. And I appreciate the fact that you honor the traditions mm -hmm. that these things come from. And so often, though, it's not until we've seen it written in a journal because we in our society have a preference for documented, trialed, <laughs> evidence-based, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, storytelling traditions of practices. Yeah. But I appreciate that sharing of how it has been used in a modern setting mm -hmm. to deal with extreme trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Extreme. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Mm -hmm. 
I want to note, because I've talked about a lot of like healing and trauma, it can also be pleasurable, it can be orgasmic, it can be really, really beautiful. There was therapists in the 70s using this breath work specifically to connect people back to their safe sexuality and their connection to pleasure. And so it, it gets to be both, right? It gets to be really beautiful and nice and really, really deep and maybe not so nice, but it all is healing. All of it is healing. It's clearing the space and healing. The way you were describing like, yeah, I'm pushing down that. Think about our system, our body as a box. And every time we have to stuff something in, we're putting it in the box. Well, you're going to overflow at some point. Yeah. And so, yeah, it needs to come out because sure as heck, there's going to be more that wants to go in. So it's important that we clear some space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your gift with us today. I'm sure there are people who are going to hear you speak and just even the sound of your voice and think, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I want this woman, I want Kyla to be the person who guides me through my first breathwork session. Uh, so if they're interested in learning more about breathwork, more about mm -hmm. the offerings that you have, because you do more than breathwork, mm -hmm. do you want to, first of all, describe some of the other offerings that you have mm -hmm. and what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, thank you. The best way to connect with me, the fastest, is probably Instagram. Instagram and my website. My website is thesacredessentials.net. Instagram is thesacredessentials. Yeah, current offerings. I have two that come to mind. I have a membership, which is called The Essentials. And it's guided breath works, guided meditations, yoga practices. And I've snuck in some fitness because... I do still move my body. So it's nice to share. So we're talking like five to 20 minute body weight, fun hit workouts. Guest teachers, we do monthly breath sessions. So those big sessions that we've been talking about, that's included once a month, working on twice a month. And then as a member, you get discounts on everything that I offer outside of that. And the membership is $33 a month. Priced it accordingly because I really want it to be affordable for everybody. I want everyone to have access. Yeah, And I want to offer your listeners a juicy discount. So we'll do 50% off their first month. And my second offering is launching April 11th. And it's a four-week program called Nourished. This feels just so sweet in my heart to be offering this. And it is four-week self-paced. You can take longer, you can go faster. But I'm suggesting one module a week for nourishing the mind, body, and soul. So within there, there's video. I don't want to say lecture, but like, you know, video... There's self-reflection, kind of like quote-unquote homework. There's breath work, there's meditation and access to live sessions as well. And that's coming out yeah, April 11th. And I want to offer your members $100 off that package. Lifetime access. Yeah, feels really good. So I'm sure you'll share the details, but that's what's present for me. That's what I have up on the interwebs. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I also feel like it's such an amazing opportunity because mm -hmm. they get such an intimate experience with you. Mm-hmm. And you are such a, such a, a beautiful soul. I appreciate that. And I think to be able to be so closely connected, especially because if anybody wants to know, you've had phenomenal success, obviously, in the mm -hmm. past, and you have chosen to go in another direction, which actually just, <laughs> I say another direction, but really it just feels like you're leveling mm. up. You're going to the next mm. level. You're like beyond just the yeah. body. And you know, this so aligns with me, the body, the mind, the soul, they have to all be much more in balance for us to feel healthy and whole. Yeah. 
And I feel like it's such an opportunity for people to get in with you while it's sort of like ground level (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) while you're still able to be there before things explode too big again, because I know that you are just leveling up. I appreciate that. And Mm. such a gift. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just so honored to have had you on the podcast. I feel nourished just from the conversation about it. And I'm so looking forward to our next breathwork session because it's a powerful, powerful tool. Yeah, it really is. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come in and speak about it. You know, you share what you love. Find a good restaurant, you share it with all your friends. So I found breathwork and I want to share it with all my friends. So I really appreciate you having me here. Wonderful. And now for the recap. We all have pressure in our lives. It's natural. But does the pressure feel invigorating or does it weigh you down? There is a truth in those feelings, and if you let yourself be guided by that truth, you are connecting with your inner knowing like Kyla was. And that is a step towards moving into alignment between what you are doing and what you are meant to be doing. Breathwork is a nourishing and healing tool that can be an essential part of any self-care routine and can be as simple as a few minutes in your chair at your desk. It can help heal inner subconscious trauma, but it can also be a joyful experience. And if you are new to breathwork, you can start by simply sitting with your eyes closed and just become aware of your breath. If you're interested into diving into breathwork, consider finding a guide for your first few experiences. Kyla practices and facilitates consciously connected breath, which is also known as holotropic breath. If you envision a jellyfish expanding and contracting, you will notice that it never fully closes. And that is what consciously connected breath is like. It's rhythmic. I've personally found the imagery of a jellyfish really helped me when I had my first breathwork session, and I hope it helps you. Trauma, in both big and small forms, enters into the body. Sometimes it's something we experience, and sometimes it is something that we see, but it comes into the body and it stays there, and breathwork can help to release and heal those traumas. But when things come up during breathwork, trust that what comes through is safe. The body will only bring up what you can handle. And finally, Kyla has two generous offers to listeners of the podcast. First, she's offering 50% off the first month of her Essentials membership program. And second, she's giving $100 off her four-week self-paced nourish program, which just opened on the 11th. These are amazing opportunities to connect with Kyla and details will be in the show notes. So who do you know that you think might be interested in breathwork? Right now, a name popped into your head. Send this podcast to that person and maybe a couple others who would be interested. I'll be having more people coming on, talking about ways to heal what holds you back and create the life that you want. And I'd love to have you all on this journey. And for those of you who are celebrating Easter this weekend, I hope you have a beautiful weekend with those you love. Much love to all of you on your journey.